Welcome to another episode of the Total R&B Podcast. And today I'm super excited because I have a singer-songwriter that we've all been watching on social media. We've all done challenges to his music. And I have him here and I get to ask him all the things about his career. So welcome to the podcast, Will Gettins. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm amazing. Well, thank you for taking time out of your day to speak with me. I really appreciate it. And I do have to say, like when I said I was interviewing you, all of my friends were super excited because they know who you are. They followed you since um, Zodiac. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So everybody knew who you are. And I remember even one day my friend sent me one of the uh, covers that you did. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, my gosh, his voice. I love his voice. And I'm like, do you know who that is? And then I sent her the the sound. And mm-hmm. she's like, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize it. So. That's cool. You have a lot of fans out here in Canada. so. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah, of course. So I usually start off the podcast asking the same question to all of my guests, especially first-time guests on the podcast. And that is, what is your first memory of R&B music? Not the first time you heard it, of course. But when I say that, what pops up into your mind? What's funny, and it's it's somebody that he's not one of my favorite r&b singers but this is like the first memory that i have i remember i was in fifth grade and so like it was my second or third year in america originally from the islands from trinidad Mm -hmm. but it's differences by genuine okay that's a classic i I literally was like i the the song and the music and just it made me as a kid i didn't even know what love was or the feeling when I used to hear that, it made me want to like hold hands with a girl and just like <laughs> it's cute to think about it now. But I remember hearing that I just wanted to just like go dance with a girl slowly in the dances when they used to play it and stuff. But so yeah, that's my uh, one of my first memories of R and B. Yeah, that's <laughs> dope, and that's true. Like back in the day too, we used to like slow dance if you went to a dance or something like that. That was like the big deal, especially when we were yeah. the slow dance with somebody. And exactly. we don't do that anymore. Man, I don't even know what these kids are doing these days, but that's <laughs> what we did. <laughs> Yo, the headphones. <laughs> that's what we did back then, you know. But that's crazy. No, it's it's true. Like I was thinking about that the other day because I obviously I listen to a lot of like R and B music mm-hmm. and especially the older music where they're talking about love and stuff like that. And I'm like, we don't always get that. Like there are a bunch of artists, but unfortunately they don't get like the mainstream look that are singing about love. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's so it's so different. So yeah, I don't know what the kids are doing, and I'm okay with not knowing. I did read also that your father is a musician as well. Yeah. So what was that like uh, growing up with a father who, you know, played music? He played the guitar as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my dad played guitar, keys, um, incredible songwriter, singer. And my first inspiration of music in general was my father, you know? I just imagine me right now, how everyone just admired the work that I do and how um, I'm into it. You can see I'm passionate about it. Imagine if I had children at this age, you know? And that's kind of how it was for my father. My father had us um, with my mother and he just created such a rich environment of music that I had no choice but to come back to music at some point. I didn't even do music my whole life, you know, but because of how strong that influence was in my earlier years as a kid, it made me just come and just like uh, gradually just pull right back to it, you know, the older that I got. Oh, I love that. And so what does, does he give you any feedback or does he tell you anything about what you're doing now since you kind of took that on? Yeah, so... um it's my dad and when we moved to America and he, he just, we have a lot of siblings, you know, and it's just, he had to make a decision to, to just help my mom with her business and stuff and to just stop doing music as much. And that's actually one of the reasons why I go so hard in music is because to see somebody as amazing as my father have to, to kind of just like dumb down his, his gift in order to survive is something that it plays in my mind all the time. Know what I'm saying, and uh, for me, it's just like I just want to use that as a as a um, inspiration to just 
take from take it from where he took it and just just be the best that I could be. You know what I'm saying? I kind of got lost in the question. What was the question again? Well, I want to know how your dad feels about what you're doing and the success that oh, you're having as an artist too. He he's so proud, yo. He like he anytime he tells people because I I do music with my brother too, who produces mm -hmm. my stuff, and he has my dad's birth name. He's still in junior, and he's so proud. You know what I'm saying? And I really, even though they see what we're doing, I still don't think they know how lit my brother and I are about to be. <laughs> kind of a, it's kind of a good feeling because I know that um, what we're doing and the 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 type of success we're gonna get is gonna change our whole family dynamic. So, which is exciting. We actually, this is a, some exclusive, but we inspired my dad again. So it's like full circle because he inspired us and mm -hmm. inspired him to start jumping back into music. So when he came out here for Christmas we did a song with him and um, we're going to drop it soon. I can't really discuss when, but okay. the, this, the, the collaborations that we're about to do is going to be amazing. You know? Yo, that's so dope. Well, I can't wait to hear it, but I think that is such a beautiful moment to bring your father in, especially if he kind of lost his way by supporting his family, you know, and bringing him back into that, his first love of music. So I can't wait to hear that and i think it'd be super dope too to see you guys all perform together i think that would be like really magical Facts. i i love that and so you are an independent artist like full-on independent so a lot of people say they're independent but they're not really independent so what made you really go that route and did that have anything to do because you went to berkeley too did that mm -hmm. help in any way um to be honest with you I did kind of learn certain things in school about like, um, just like mass only your masters and stuff like that. It's something that people think of outside of school, but I think going to Berkeley just made me understand that whatever I I was going to possess out of college was going to be worth more than what I knew people were going to offer me, and so it allowed me to not make stupid decisions. Like right when I finished college and about 2015 2016 i was offered my first like publishing deal and um uh production deal and it was it was terrible money and it was a terrible situation and because i even though i needed the money at the moment i knew that me going a different route and trying to build more was going to be a smarter smarter thing for me to do and the reason why i remain independent is because of the independence the freedom to release music when I want to release whatever style of music I want to because I'm a, a combination of my experiences. I'm from the islands and I grew up in Nashville. Then I went to Boston music school. Then I went to Atlanta and now I'm in Los Angeles, California. So it's like, even though I am, I was raised very island, very Trini, mm -hmm. like I am, I have experienced so much, so many different places and so many different styles of music that I can't do one style. You know, and so my versatility is something that that makes me comfortable. But that's cool. I'm going to just be the world's first like popular versatile artist. You know, I'm gonna popularize with versatility and what it's gonna do is just gonna expose a lot of mediocrity and show people like, hey, this is a full around artist. And I say that with all just seriousness, you know. And I'm, I speak confidently about my, my gift because of how many hours I've put into it. And I know that this the versatility is something that labels can't, they don't know what to do with it. They can't do it. And so I will continue to do what I'm doing until I'm making so much money and I'm so successful that they have to, they have to work with me, you know? No, but that's, that's really smart because I do see sometimes labels are kind of, they can be kind of lazy sometimes. So if like one thing works, they want to copy that like times 10. So you have everybody doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so they probably don't understand because they don't understand the culture anyways in Trinidad that's foreign to them. Mm -hmm. so they probably will be like, okay, no, let's not do it. Or maybe do it, but have it a bit watered down. So it's like suitable for them. So right. I, that's smart that you're doing your own thing. But I know it must be hard too. Because with the label, you have more of a push. They have those connections to like really get you out there. So yeah, there's a 
there's a couple of times when I release certain songs that I know are very special mm-hmm. when I have thousands of dollars into the song and then I put it out and then it just it it doesn't get into any playlists and it doesn't really get into any avenues outside of the fan base that I've built for myself and you got to think these platforms if you have 50,000 followers on on Spotify they everybody is trying to get money from you mm-hmm. so if you work hard and you build a following on something and then they're like hey in order for you to access this following that you've built on our platform you have to pay you know and so Spotify is only going to push out uh, um, to a small percentage of the people that actually follow you but it's this app there's this uh, thing within their system hey if you pay us a couple extra hundred or a couple thousand dollars we could put it out to the majority of your followers and it's like that's kind of what you're dealing with when you're independent well everyone deals with that but it, it affects you as an independent when you work hard to build millions of followers and applications are like oh yeah you're not going to be able to access them when you drop a music big fella you're going to have to follow. and so it's disheartening at certain times but the good thing is is that i i am i'm a trendsetter i am someone that that controls my effort and the, the music that I put out, and I know that I'm going to change culture by the type of music that I put out, you know? <laughs> Just like how I looked up to people and was inspired by them, the next generation of people is going to be like, I grew up listening to Will Gittins, you know what I'm saying? And those good people are going to be lit. That's what <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and so at least that's what I would hope, you know? I hope that the, the content of my music and the, the message behind them is going to inspire just a, a new generation of beautiful people i no, i think it will i don't think we should use hope it will it's gonna happen because you're doing things your way so yes it might take longer you might get frustrated or whatever but in the end when you look back on everything i think you'll be proud and i think there are gonna be a lot of people that are just looking up to you from like all over the world that you don't even know so i think that's super super dope and I wanted to ask you, because you were talking about your following. Mm-hmm. You have a huge following on every social media platform, which yeah. is really good because social media, well, for me, is super annoying. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. <laughs> but yeah. you were able to really be strategic and really grow a, a like a solid fan base. So can you give us like how you did it and maybe some tips to like maybe up and coming artists who are they might be having trouble with social media? Hey, so um, thank you, first of all. And my tips uh, really is, like, back then, like, my biggest tip is to let people know that if you haven't noticed yet, social media like is like a beast. Mm-hmm. Like, that you have to figure out. It, cha- it changes its appetite all the time, you know? And you just have to, if you're feeding it steaks in this year, in 2024, 2025, it, it might like lasagna. So if you give it steak, it's going to be like, eh, we don't want that, you know? And so I tried to do a, a decent analogy. I'm not really that good at analogies. But it's, it's like, yeah, but it's just like it changes. And so if you have two years where you're just only feeding it a certain thing and then the algorithm changes, you can't feed that the old thing anymore. You have to go and move with it. That's been the most difficult thing. I've been on social media since it began around it began in like 2012 but it didn't really start to get pop until like 2013 2014 yeah because you were on vine too yeah i was on vine i was on instagram before there was videos and stuff and mm-hmm. and youtube and all these things and i've always through the years of being an independent artist had to to mold to the changes of social media and it's been very difficult so my advice is to just study it pay attention to it you know in any kind of field, the more time and hours you spend on something, the more you understand it, you know? And it, it was hard for me trying to understand something like TikTok. I had to have the help of my baby sister who was like 15, 16 at the time, but now she's 20. And she was the one that was like, hey, just go in there, watch this, to look at how these other singers are making videos and just kind of make it in your own way and just mimic it. And so my advice is to just, um figure some way of being consistent because the, the apps like consistency mm-hmm. um, but then create to just find out what makes you different and sets you apart and do that you know it's going to be hard it's going to take time i used to do bass videos i used to beatbox i used to do the multi-screen videos yeah. in 2015 2016 if you notice i haven't done one of those in a long time and that's because 
that was the steak. You know what I'm saying? And the lasagna now is me sitting in front of an aesthetic thing with just the the uh, upright vertical video with like a plant behind me and a microphone and I'm singing into some sunlight. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so it's just figure out what these apps are or what works for you and when it shows you the the, the the video that does the best just run with that until it changes no that's good that's good advice but it is true because it changes so frequently so you always have to stay on top of what's happening with these social media platforms so thank you and another thing too listen to the young people because they know what's going on with social media <laughs> It's, you gotta you gotta be humble and, and take take heed to some of these young people. <laughs> it's true. And so another thing, so just like your dad, you play the guitar mm -hmm. as well. And then I saw somewhere that you play guitar for Jadena. Mm -hmm. that yeah. So how did that happened. Um, so ironically I I did a show in Toronto, uh, Canada. Oh. So it, Canada are you in? Oh, I'm in Montreal, but I'm Montreal. in Toronto all the time. Oh, okay, that's cool. But yeah, I was I, I only been to Toronto and Vancouver. I haven't been to Montreal yet. Hopefully this year. Um but yeah, I moved to Atlanta in twenty sixteen and my brother, um, he's he built such a huge network in Atlanta because he's been in Atlanta. he was in Atlanta since college in two thousand eight. Okay. And so heavy on the live music scene, playing bass and um, arranging and putting together bands and stuff like that. And so by the time I got there, um, they were looking, they were they were trying to get a band for, for Jadena. And okay. because of, of the relationship that the person that was looking for people already knew me, who knew who I was and saw that I was a guitarist and stuff. And so I just ended up doing the audition and I, I got the role. And it was a good two years. I got to travel a lot. I got to learn a lot about things that I didn't like and things that I did like. I got to see how people in the music industry, how they treat you. You know, um, for the most part, it was positive. But there's always some people in, in different teams that are very disrespectful and and, and unkind. Mm -hmm. That's just part of life, you know. Everyone, Not everyone's going to be kind to you. Not everyone is going to reciprocate the energy you give them. But... It's just all about learning and taking that time. It, it was at the time I was guitar for him. I was already lit. I was already Will Gittins, you know. Yeah. And so the time in my life where it took a lot of humility to be in that role and just be a guitarist, being around, um, what's his name, L.A. Reed and and Sylvia Rome and all these people, and I felt like going to them and being like, "Do you guys not realize that I'm a superstar?" Like, <laughs> it, it, with you, I I I felt sometimes like. You don't know who like who this guitarist is, do you? You think I'm just a guitarist, don't you? You know? And it's it took it took a lot for me to understand and be patient with myself, knowing that even if I went up to them and spoke to them, they weren't gonna understand. I had to continue to develop. And at some point they're gonna be like, Man, we're we raving over here. We love you over here at, at this company. And in my mind, I'm like, Man, you don't even know. I used to see on an every week basis, you know what I'm saying? And that right there is what makes life exciting, you know? People would, would you sometimes have to reintroduce stuff and it's not even something that you do. You just continue to, to grow and just allow God to just align what, what your destiny is, you know? That's true. And it's funny too, like if it does come back around with L.A. Reed specifically, cause he was a drummer. So mm -hmm. he should know how it is to be like, I guess in a band. So. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's a, a lot of those people are, they have a million people they have to deal with. So mm -hmm. have to do something that sticks out. And at the time I was just a guitar, a guitarist wearing some silly um, outfits that they gave us to wear. <laughs> <laughs> so it was going to be hard for him to see me as, as, as who I am. Mm -hmm. you know? Did you learn anything from Jadena? Like the, I guess maybe performance wise, like There's, being on stage with him every night? Yeah, Jadena is a very um he's a very intelligent dude. Um and he was he was very kind to me, you know, even though there's some of his 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 counterparts weren't uh, weren't as always as kind. He always kept it um very kind with me and you know what I'm saying, very very genuine dude. Um he would try to give me advice on certain things as far as like, hey man, like he talked he was like, Man, you, you just gotta get a gimmick, you know, us black folk it's hard for us to come into this music scene without having something that just sticks out 
oh, that's so, so uncommon. And in my mind, I always knew that my talent is what was going to stick out. I didn't, my talent is the gimmick. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, sometimes people would think that's an arrogant way of looking. You know, I could start be like, oh, I'm weird, the, the beanie guy, or I'm, I'm bald headed now, so I could just do the ball with the beard and stuff. Like, so, so branding is something that I have not really focused on. But as far as brand, my biggest brand is my voice. That's mm-hmm. what the, the, the effect that has on people, and that's what's going to set me apart. And because I am gifted and talented, I don't have to really come up with a gimmick, you know? And so I've got a, a certain advice that I saw him perform. He's a great performer. I took notes from a lot of things, you know? Um, he carries himself very well. And so I, I looked up to him in that way, you know, on some some Big Brother type stuff. But, mm-hmm. you know, we still keep in touch every now and again. <clears throat> we see each other randomly out here in L.A. And, Yeah. I'm sure that that we're gonna continue to just just be mutually like civil with each other. No, but that's dope. But that is something too. Like, there's always um, a gimmick, and like you said, your voice is your gimmick because even mm-hmm. like my friend sending me your video, she was just in love with your voice, and then finding out you were the voice behind Zodiac, which was like a big viral moment for you. So mm-hmm. again, it's the voice that we're that we're attracted to. Thank we you might so. not even see your face at first. So we don't even know like who oh, this person is, what he looks like, nothing. So we just hear the voice and we we love what we hear. And I love that you do like a lot of acoustics. So you have two um, albums on uh, streaming services, acoustic mm-hmm. covers one and two. So everybody mm-hmm. could go and stream that right now. But Thank that you. is something, I guess that's like the lasagna now, I guess. Well, to be honest with you, it's like, man, I think in general, like, you, self-accountability is certain, something that's big in this industry. And to be honest with you, I never used to put covers on streaming platforms, you know? Okay. Because I was so, like, going to Berkeley, it just gives you a sense of pride in certain areas. And for me, I was like, man, I'm a songwriter. I only want my music to be on there. Yeah, I could do covers for YouTube, but I don't want to put it on Spotify, Apple Music. Like, who do you think I am? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and it got to a point where I'm like, yo, the goal is for me to continuously um, build a fan base. And a lot of the times when I inter- do my interpolations of covers, it's a whole new song to people, you know? Yeah. I did my by Usher and, and Alicia Keys. Shout out to Rocky, who's the, um, the singer that... Uh, I did the video with and I knew it was going to do well, but I didn't know how big it would become. Like it was its own trend. You know, there's hundreds of thousands of videos made with that song. And it's just me do, taking the acoustic guitar and singing a song that gave people such nostalgia, yeah. but in a way that they have not heard that song acoustically like that before. And it would have been stupid for me not to capitalize on the popularity and the, the, the financial gain from putting out covers. Like, it's something that it's it's it doesn't make as much as your original music because you didn't write the song, you know. But it's it's created so many opportunities for me to grow in ways that I was had a threshold as an independent putting out my original music. Even when I had something that I knew was special, I couldn't ever reach the masses back then, you know. And so now these covers is allowing me to to kind of trick people to go to listening to my originals, you know? Hopefully that they go and they, they listen to the covers, but they accidentally stumble on the gems of the original music that I have. And so it's really, really difficult getting people to, you have to spoon feed music to people like a baby, you know? And it's yeah, just like- Yeah, that's what I'm gonna say. Like it probably, cause you'll go and you'll listen to the covers, but then it, it will direct you. Like you're gonna wanna know more about the artist. Well, this happens to me. Like if I see, if I hear a song that I really like and I don't know the artist, I'm going to click on the artist and I'm going to listen to their other songs. So I I would imagine it's bringing people to your original music too, which is. Yeah, really- it is. Um, I, I just, it's for me, I'm putting out the covers is because every time if you go on my YouTube and other things, which is a very successful platform for me, there's thousands of, of comments throughout the years of, oh my gosh, I need this on Spotify. I need this on Apple Music. Can you please put this so I can use this? Shania Twain's still the one cover I did. It's a fantastic cover, one of my favorite songs. And I just put it out there because it's just like, you know, people want to hear that version, you know, and I got to, um, 
instead of me being like, no, I'm not going to put no covers up there. I love people that that enjoy covers to go in there and still experience that. Now, I'm probably not going to be doing a lot of covers in these next couple, probably this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to be dialing back on that. Um, and I've done that to really build the popularity that I did because I'm a realist. I'm not going to just go out there and just keep putting my original music out there if people is if it's it's just gonna be a hard thing for people to just attach to. So I realized that a quick, I'm big on quick, not quick results, but it's just like, I'm, I, I like to have quick results in when I know that I'm ready for, for certain things, you know what I'm saying? And so yeah. I put in the work and I didn't wanna wait another 10 years for people to catch on to my originals. If I could just speed up the process by being like, hey, you like my voice on this song, you know very well, here's my music, you know what I'm saying? And I know some people may think that my route was not the smart. Some people might think it's genius, but it doesn't matter. Um, it's all about what worked for you. And mm-hmm. it's it's wise to not look at other people and let let that affect how you handle your situation, your scenes. And that's something I'm speaking for myself too when I say that. Like sometimes I, I compare myself, I'm like, man, this person got a hundred million views on this, and mine only has a million, like. What's up with that, man? It's just like this. That's messed up. It got to be like an evil, even playing field. But it's like, I, I, the older I'm getting, man, is what God has for you is for you, and you can't, you can't compare it to anyone else. You just have to focus on yourself. No, that is that's true because it it is hard, especially social media plays a role in that because you get to see everybody's highlight reel. So then, if things in your life aren't going great, you start questioning, like, am I doing the right thing? How come this hasn't popped off and asking all these questions, but you're right. What's you is for you and what is for you won't pass you either. So, so that Uh, is good to know. But while we wait for original music, you have been writing songs for some pretty big R&B artists. mm -hmm. So I thought it was so dope when I found this out because I am a huge fan of Tank. And he just released his final album. So he says, but you... (laughs) Have a song on that album. And it was actually the first, was it? No, the second single off of mm-hmm. that album, which is Slow featuring Jay Valentine. So how did that happen? Did you work with them in the studio or is it something that you, a song that you had and you sent in? Um, I'd probably rather not speak on how it came about because oh. it's it's kind of like, it's not the most ideal, ideal situation. Okay. I'll just say that I'm I'm big on, I started to change all the way I speak about things. I, when people ask me for the story, I always was like, I'm gonna just tell them the truth. And sometimes the truth is messed up with how certain people handle certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, Tank is I'm, I'm, is a huge influence on me R&B wise, you know? And it doesn't matter what the situation is, I have to give him his flowers at all times because how he, uh, how he approaches harmonies changed me as a young boy it was like i want to do i want a song like that on songs you know what i'm saying and the honor that it was for him to to hear that song and him him and, and jay valentine sing they didn't really change much of what they in the demo you know and that for me was like a full circle moment because that i was inspired by them and now i inspired them and i think mm-hmm. that that's a beautiful moment um and and yeah, I, I, I feel like if I were to get into the story about it, it would just be because it was it was a, it almost didn't happen, you know, but okay. I'm glad that it did. And nothing I love for, for Tank and Jay Valentine. And uh, I don't I'm not I hope that it wasn't Tank's last um, album. I think that he has so much more to to give. But but being in the industry, I understand, too, when you get to a point where it's like, man, you just want to enjoy life and just mm-hmm. go on perform the songs that you already have as hits, you know? And so, um, but yeah, I'm really glad. I'm proud of that song. Shout out to my homies, AJ um, and Drew, who who wrote it with me. I wrote it in this chair in my room um, and I wrote it on FaceTime with them. That's a funny oh, story. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I, it was late. I remember my friend Drew wrote the hook with us and he fell <laughs> he fell asleep on the phone <laughs> and AJ did the, the verses. And so that's this. This is the first time I've ever said this on an interview, which is is hilarious. But, but yeah, I'm I'm so blessed that that song is one of the first ones that was heavily played on the radio and stuff. So it's a very proud moment, and um, yeah, many more to come. 
Oh yeah, definitely. But thank you for sharing that that tidbit with us. But yeah, that's such a good song. So when I did find out that you wrote it, I was like, oh my gosh, that's so dope. So congratulations um, on that. And then I know you did some work on Chris Brown's latest album, Breezy, as well. There's mm-hmm. the song Dream that you wrote. So that's huge as well. So those are big names in the industry. So congratulations. Thank you so much. That means a lot. Are you going to be doing more songwriting for people or you're just focusing on yourself for now? Um, I think naturally because of the, the swing of, of just writing for people, I can't just completely stop doing that. Mm-hmm. I enjoy that. Um, I'm, I feel like I'm going to be along the lines of the like a career like Neo's. Okay. And I say that as far as just like singer songwriter. But what's going to be different for me is that it's been a minute since, since people singing like a, a singer songwriter, musician, and and like you know what I'm saying, performer and stuff like that. Like people like Prince is is a as an inspiration in that way. He's like a killing musician, guitarist, mm-hmm. and songwriter, phenomenal um, artist, you know, and then performer and acting and stuff like that. I I think that. I'm only unlocking just a part of my full potential. And I plan to do that. That's really why I moved to Los Angeles so that I could just really take take advantage of of being in a space like this and just exploring things that make me uncomfortable and hopefully it lead into being another fruitful stream of income for me, you know? No, I think it will. Cause those songs you wrote for them are like, they're lit, so. Up here. And do you have like maybe a wish list or like somebody that you would love to like uh, write for? Um, I to be honest with you, I always wanted to write for Rihanna, mm-hmm. Beyonce. Um, I've always wanted to write for, um, like those the and the girl. But I always wanted to write for for Usher. To be honest with you, Tank and Chris Brown was on a bucket list for me. So oh, that- good. But I, I, I accomplished that and I'm I'm proud of it. I wanna write for like a Drake and a couple other rappers and stuff. And one of them bucket list is Bieber too. Um and I'm I'm hoping that by that t- time it comes, like I can't really say on, on stuff, but there's a lot of things pending. Okay. Um, I'd love to do a song with her. I would love to do a song with like Giveon and um there's a lot of dope artists that I wanna get get music on. But these days I just I, I just enjoy creating hits for smaller artists. Like mm-hmm. I love them to to be like the stars that I think that they're gonna be. You know, if for example, like a Josh Levi, I don't know if you know who Josh Levi is, but I do. My brother and I did his some of his biggest songs. We did a song called If the World and we did a song called NASA. You know what I'm saying? And so a lot of times people hear those and <clears throat> it's so different from Dream and Slow. Yeah. And that's why I said when the versatility, there's nothing that my brother and I can't produce, you know? We produce a full uh, EP, country EP for a young lady, Alana McCready, a friend of ours. You know, that we are limitless. We are blessed people in general, you know, black people in general. We, mm-hmm. we have so much power over the influence on these applications and just in music and in the world in general. And I hope that um, a lot of other people could just be inspired by by us and know that they could be that too you know so i think that's very important definitely well i look forward to some of these collaborations i think you doing a song uh for rihanna i think that would be amazing so yeah i hope you know she she's she's with her second child and seeing that in the super bowl kind of made me my dreams kind of down for a little bit (laughs) um Cause you know she's she she said in interviews and stuff like she's the most proud thing she is is being a mom right now. Mm-hmm. And so those words that just means um, she probably is not gonna want to go on a tour. And when you release a new project, you go on a new tour and stuff like that. She just she's settling down and enjoying her life, you know. And so I won't let my selfish desire come in the way of of her living her, the life she's always wanted to live, you know. So. Yeah, That's but it. it might it might not be like an album. Like you see how she did "Lift Me Up" is just a single on a soundtrack. You know, it could be a, a something like that. Like she's just doing like a one off single, and maybe it's your song. You know what? Positivity. I received that, and mm-hmm. I hope. 
you gotta you know you gotta think of it the other way so it's not a whole album she's doing maybe she's doing one song maybe she has to do something for fenty and she needs a song you never know never know we're gonna put that out there but it's it's definitely gonna happen but i do want to talk about a song that you did put out this year bigger person Mm -hmm. so talk to us how did that song come together um, that song came together on my in my room right here too. I, I a lot of my songs. So come this together. all happening in the room. Yeah, in the room, and so I um, I don't know. I just I I came up with the idea, a bigger person, and I just thought that it was so clever. To when someone sees that title, that they're gonna just be like, "Oh, he's gonna tell me to be the bigger person," you know. And when someone listens to the song, they're like, "Oh, he's saying not to be the bigger person anymore," and. I I wrote it from personal experience of, in a lot of situations I spoke of, of like, I'm a very kind person. Mm-hmm. I, uh, as a man, for some reason, uh, toxic masculinity is, is someone that is taking, uh, moving with someone that is kind and that is compassionate and loving and looking at that as soft and pushover type doormat energy, which is, I, when I meet people, I give them, I greet them with love and I greet them with kindness. And a lot of the times living in certain spaces like Atlanta and other places, people will meet that and be like, oh, you are softy or you are this, this and that. No, I got hands for anybody that tests me. And that's really what the song is saying in a, in a very uh, distinguishable way, which is like, you know, it's, it's saying like, hey, I, uh, I know I'm not going to be the bigger person, not this time. I'm going to fight if anyone crossed the line. I know you used to think I was your doormat on the floor. I think you should die to who I was before. I'm not the bigger person no more. And it's just like, I'm, I love poetry and I love storylines. And I, I'm someone that, I when I write, wrote that song, I knew that people that were in um, abusive relationships or in mental health situations where they can't seem to overcome just putting their foot down and telling people, hey, I don't like how you treat me. You're not you're mm-hmm. gonna have to, to to relearn how to treat me. And I hope that the song was going to inspire people that were in that position to break free from that and just don't go into the new year with just allowing people to treat them like a doormat. And so yeah, and I just got the first draft back from the music video and it's it's freaking beautiful. And I can't wait to share that. And and that's that's the thing. I'm I'm an independent artist. <clears throat> I would I used to always be like, at some point someone's gonna see me and they're gonna be like, want to be like, hey, I wanna invest in you, I wanna do this mm-hmm. and that. And I stopped I stopped believing in, in in waiting for people. So what I did is I continuously invested in myself, you know. I believe in myself, undoubtedly. I write these these songs. My brother and I produce it. I work with other people. But when I know something is special, I will put money into it. As I And it's not about what I can, money I could get in return. It's about the impact and the influence that song. That's why I go so hard. And that's why I invest in stuff independently. Because I know that at some point, something that's undeniable is going to be undeniable. No matter how long it takes for it to get to the masses, you know? No, oh, but that's good because... Even though you're saying like it's not like paying off immediately, like you're just putting that money out because you're investing in yourself, like it might pay off in the long run, you know, later on. Long run. Exactly. And then also you're creating your own opportunities instead of waiting for someone to be like, hey, let me direct your video. Like you're just doing it yourself because, you know, people want to see the visuals to the songs that they love. So you're you're feeding your fans too at the same time, which is probably gonna also grow your fan base as well. So I think it's really smart. Thank you. And I wanted to know too, because you were speaking about like being, you know, the nice guy, people seeing it as weak or taking advantage mm-hmm. of you because you are so nice. So how do you like set those boundaries so that people don't walk all over you? Well, it's like certain things that I would just not be verbal with where somebody did something that was disrespectful. And instead of me saying something immediately, I'll just will kind of like let it be like, let me not just react. Cause sometimes if I react immediately, it's not nice, you know what I'm saying? And so it's just really just, if there's somebody that it's, especially in the music industry, I'm in sessions a lot with people that are disgusting, like individuals, you know, terrible personalities. And like you get into a room 
collaborate with them and they are just not in a collaborative spirit. And so I just excuse myself from, from the situation, you know, okay. that's really what it is. And, and, and no, if, if people say something that this, that's disrespectful, I'll just, I'll tell them it straight up. And it's, it used to make me uncomfortable because I, I want people to, to, to like me. And it's just like, I, I, and that's why I felt like it was going to be impactful for a lot of people that are people pleasers and stuff, you know? It's like, I want people to, to think that I'm kind or think that I'm a nice person. But I, I, one of the biggest things that I dislike is disrespect. And mm-hmm. so sometimes when, especially men that, cause we're, men are so more like, oh, I meet you. It's like, you size each other up and this, this and that. But nah, man, if someone's kind and they just be in themselves when you first meet them, that doesn't mean that they're soft, man. Like that, you just, that should give you more reason to respect them, you know? And so, I don't know. I hope that that song just resonates with, with um, people and that <laughs> they they just inspired by it. Well, yeah. Well, that's the biggest thing, too, is just... Um being vocal because it is uncomfortable sometimes to have those conversations or to say no when you're so used to being like, oh, okay, or letting things slide. So I think that is a big deal. But I think this is a song, like you said, that a lot of people can relate to because people are learning to set boundaries. And I think as you get older, I think it becomes a bit easier because you're just like, I don't have time for this. I don't care if this person likes me or not. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no, I feel that. And then I also wanted to talk about another song that you put out that is TNT, Island uh-huh. Boys. So let us know, Island Boys, is this a group? Like, are we going to have, like, more music and EP and stuff like that? Yeah, so my, my brother, JR, shout out to JR. Um, and some people don't know that's my real brother. That's, like, my blood brother, same mom, okay. same. And <clears throat> he's two and a half years older than me, and we... We've been doing music together, and we formed a company and a, and a um, basically a label together, and we're continuously just working on a lot of stuff. And we just got to the point where he started to to tap back into his or, or tap into his artistry instead of just being a producer. So I'm someone that told him, I'm like, man, you should be, you should be an artist. You could sing better than a lot of these people that are out here being successful, and they suck at singing. You know, and you. Got- <laughs> have a nice good voice like you know why not and i'm glad that he started to do that um and it just allowed us naturally to to start doing music together and that's his tnt was um um the first kind of us putting a taste of the the music that my brother and i can do compose together mm-hmm. and so a, a lot of the songs that we do for other artists is a collaboration between my brother and i because we're fully we're fully functioning, you know, we play all the instruments, we produce, my brother's more of the producer, I'm more of the songwriter. And so we just feed off each other's strengths and weaknesses. So what instruments do you play and what instruments does he play? Uh, we play the same pretty much um, amount of instruments. I played bass, guitar, drums, and I, I wouldn't say that I, I could, could survive it on keys. <laughs> and my brother is better than me at keys, but he plays guitar, bass, and drums. Um, he's a professional bass player. I'm a professional guitarist, but we play these other instruments, technically professionally, like to to the average musician. But the um on specific instruments, we like are a world class, and he's on bass and I'm on guitar. So it's really good that we every time we approach things is from professional musicians, and that's why our music and and this it has a certain sound and it's it's high quality, and it's because we. We, we haven't took the elevator for anything. We took the stairs in every regard. So when it's going to be our time, it's going to be unlike anything people's ever seen before because we've put in over a decade of work, you know, and when it happens, it's going to happen, happen with a capital H. It's definitely <laughs> happening. So there's a lot for us to, you know, go and support. So we have the acoustic covers, one and two that's out. We have a bigger person, which is a single, which everybody could go out. Visuals are coming soon. Definitely check out that is TNT Island Boys. That is out now too. So, what is next? Um, move to next. There's I have a couple other R and B projects. I have this R and B project called Gemini. I'm just saying that just because you're. Oh yes. Yes. They call Gemini released in 2021, Mm -hmm. and that's a fantastic project. 
um, it, it was one that I didn't have any uh, playlisting support on as much. I did have it on Apple Music, shout out to Walter Tucker. Um, but on Spotify, it, I didn't have any connections and it, it, it did, it's done well, you know, but it's wasn't able to reach the masses in the way that I, I hope to. So if, that's a gem. It's one of the best R&B projects of that year, in my opinion. And, um, and what's next is I have a song, an R&B song that's dropping. I don't know yet. I'm have a couple meetings to see what I'm going to do with it, but it's called DND. Oh, okay. Oh, do not disturb. Um, I'm actually going to finish off the mix today. Uh, I already did the artwork and the song is inspired by just seeing on social media, a lot of women putting as their caption D and D and they do not know. Like I'm on, I'm, my life has been on do not disturb, like leave me alone. <laughs> and it's a very clever way. It's, I didn't write it specifically for women. It's for people in general. It's just like, Hey, I'm focused on, on stacking up my paper and, and being successful and being at peace. So do not disturb me. You know what I'm saying? And it's it's a bop. I think it's the same frequency that Zodiac um was on as far as like something that's that's trendy and, and catchy. Mm-hmm. And just just look out for that. I think that was going is gonna be a huge record. Well, I think that is the mood for 2023, because that's what that seems to be the wave that everybody is on, like when you look at social media. So that is true. So I think that's another one that's gonna resonate with everybody. So we're gonna definitely look out for that. So before I let you go, I want to play some R&B trivia. Let's so I'm going to ask you six questions. Mm-hmm. We'll see how well you know. Keep in mind that I usually take things from the artists that I'm interviewing, you know, their influences, things that they're a part of, different things like that. So just keep that in mind. Okay. When I'm asking these questions. So hopefully they're not too hard. So question one is... Fill in the blank. Name this Stevie Wonder album. Songs in the key of life. That is correct. Question two. Which song did Michael Jackson want to sing as a duet with Prince? Is it? Oh, oh you know it? It's bad. Yes. <laughs> that is correct. So Prince didn't like the lyrics, so he didn't want to do it. And he actually even re-recorded the um the track and sent it to Michael but Michael was like no cuz you know they always were butting heads. So yeah, that was the end of that. Mhm. Okay, question 3. How many siblings does Michael Jackson have? Uh Dang. Was it was he one of 9? Um yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. So it's 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 it was nine of them in total, and he, so he had eight siblings. Yeah, so it's uh, Reby is the oldest, then Jackie, Tito, Jermaine, Michael, uh, Latoya, Marlon, Randy, and Janet. Oh, so it's it's he was one of eight. Well, yeah, but no, okay, okay. They had Marlon had a twin, but the twin passed away. Oh wow! So it's technically nine. Mm-hmm. Oh wow, that's interesting. Yes, but still, that's it's correct. All right. <laughs> uh, question four. So the singer Tank was a part of a male R&B group. Can you name the group and the members? Tank was a part of a male R&B group? Mm-hmm. It was very <laughs> short-lived. <laughs> well, I, it had I, one I, album. Tank and the bangers, and I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. Um, I honestly don't know this question. I'm curious. What is the answer? So the group is TGT, and it consisted. Oh, of- yes, I. <laughs> yes, oh, I, TGT. That's I love that album. I thought you was talking about like before his career popped off, like he was in like. No. Okay, so the, can you name the the members then? Yes, it's uh, Tank Genuine and um, what's his name? Uh, don't tell me his name. Uh, oh, dang, why is his name drawing a blank? He's in the Transformers movies. Yeah, and that's serious. Don't tell me his name. What the heck? I'm drawing a blank. Tyrese. Yes. 
Oh That's it. You got it. All right. Question five. Um, I- <laughs> yeah, I was just like, he has to know this one. Yeah, I listen to that album like still to this day. I love yeah, that. No, album. It's a really good album. Love it. But unfortunately, that's all we're getting. That one album. All right. So question. Oh, uh, yeah. Question five on Chris Brown's latest album, Breezy. Mm-hmm. The singer did not collaborate with which R&B artist? Is it A, her? B, Coco Jones? C, LMA? Or D, Bryson Tiller? He didn't collaborate with Coco Jones. That is correct. And last question. Question six. Uh, which artist wrote Lift Me Up by Rihanna? Is it A, Rihanna, B, Tim's? C, Neo, or D, Money Long? It was Thames. That is correct. Six out of six. So you got them all correct. Thank you so much for playing R&B Trivia. Let the people know where we can follow you and keep up with you on social media. Um, You guys could keep up and follow me on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, um, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music. Anything is Will Gittins. That's a W-I-L-L-G-I-T-T-E-N-S. And yeah, I'll have a lot of things to to keep up with. There's a lot of amazing collaborations in store, a lot of amazing songs I have coming out with other artists. And if you like this interview and you think that I'm a nice individual, then keep up with me. And thank you so much, Lorena, for having me. This has been a very lovely interview. Well, again... I would say thank you so much for taking time out of your day because I know time is important and it's limited. So thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. And here at Total RB, we're always rooting for you. So we love thank your you. Thank you so much. We'll be following you. We always repost your stuff. So we can't wait to see what is happening, the visuals that are coming up for Bigger Person, DD that's coming out soon, more stuff from Island Boys. So I'm here for all of it. So thank you so much, Will. And everybody listening and watching, this is the Total RB podcast. Make sure to follow us on social media at total.rmb. And we will be back in two weeks with 